I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. What's up, Ben? Doing well. How are you? Fine. It's a nice nice scarf. You really are a scarf person. How yeah, many? you know what? Well, I've inherited several from my grandfather who died last year, and he had a bunch of nice ones. Nice <laughs> like, scarf. He would get one every year for Christmas and apparently would wear it once or twice. So you've got quite the arsenal. I do. I've... I've Moved on from sweaters, which I still have sweaters, but I've just kind of little, gotten a little more casual, and now I have a lot of scarves. But I realize they really are the key to keeping you warm. No. I like sweaters because, like, oh, it keeps you warm. No, the scarf just traps everything in whatever you're wearing, so you stay warm all, all winter. Now, what percentage of your closet space is occupied by scarves? The nice thing is they don't take up much room. No, they that don't. is the problem. I don't have a big house. You you saw my house. I have a little tiny house, and I'm very limited closet space. So. When I have a bunch of big, fat sweaters, they take up way too much space, way more than they're worth considering I'll wear them from, you know, mid-November to March. They just take up too huge of a percentage of my space. So scarves are nice because you can tuck them basically anywhere you want. So I probably have a couple in my sock drawer. I have a couple in, like, a junk drawer. I have some hanging on the coat rack. Like, I have scarves all over the house. Always there when you need it. They are, though, but I have, I probably have six or seven. Hey, I need to be more cozy. Or, hey, I need to take out the trash. A scarf sure would be nice right now. Bam! Right there. It really is. Right where you need it. Hello. Uh, Ben, we have a lot to do today. Jeremiah Jensen is going to be on the show at the, uh, what, top of the 11 o'clock hour? 11 o'clock hour. Very famous uh, Jeremiah Jensen, Channel 5, uh, KSL TV. Who's the most most famous person involved in this whole deal we got going on? With the whole KSL Sports family? KSL Sports, The Zone. Well, Jeremiah has been on TV for a long time. Yeah. So he's a candidate. I mean, you know, Hans played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Scott and Mitchell played a long time. Scott Mitchell, yeah. So, 
It's not us. It's not us. It's definitely not us. I mean, DJ's been around. DJ's a, oh, David James is world he's famous. He's a staple. Yeah. You know, he's he's a Jim Rome's buddy. Market. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys out there. It's and not, Megan. Maybe it's Megan. Not, it's not PK. Megan's top. I mean, Megan's the first woman who's ever been on these airwaves of any kind. So that's I don't know if that's entirely true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'll say You're forgetting true. JT the I'll traffic, babe. No, we don't need that. We like <laughs> Megan, the employee. <laughs> Megan, the very productive employee. Hey, JT was very nice. Yeah, I'm sure she was. Um, to call her the traffic, babe. That was, her, that was the title. Don't blame <laughs> me, Ben. T- I didn't come up with it. the title. That was her name. We like Megan, the, the producer, the incredibly talented producer. Or just Megan the human, Ben. Come on. No, she can have a title. Just doesn't just not. need to be based on her appearance. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. JT was awesome. You know what she did for me when I worked the morning shift when I produced DJ and PK? And I had, you know, she was my safety net yeah. for making sure I was out of bed. Because if she, she would call the studio uh-huh. at a certain time. Okay. And if I did not answer, then she would call my phone to be like, yo, are you coming in or what huh. she was very much uh, like morning, morning person, person. Mm-hmm. that was early why do we call her that JT the morning the person the morning person but she was also on in the afternoon huh. she had a very interesting uh, companion I say companion because they weren't married but okay. one of those cousin Eddie types like holding out for a managerial position yeah. like that that yeah. kind of thing I had a conversation with a friend whose sister was dating a guy like that there's there's guys like there's types there's cool types of people and there's less cool types of people so right. guy, so there, you know what I one of the greatest explanations I won't say who he was talking about but it's a very funny person for this to be the explanation Gordy Chase I once told me about a guy he knew that was on what he called lifetime scholarship which I've absolutely stolen it's just the guy who was coasting throughout his whole life who never who always finds a way to never work hard a day in his life lifetime scholarship and that's what I call that's, it now that's well put yeah. yeah and and by the way this was a long time ago the guy could be own his own company for yeah. all I know yeah. I don't you know <laughs> again long time ago people and it doesn't mean you're not successful there. it doesn't no. mean you haven't made a lot of money some people make a lot of money but they're on lifetime scholarship right they just have a charm to them that allows them to just kind of skate by yeah alright Ben let's uh, let's dive into things of course we've got a Rose Bowl to prepare for but uh Let's start things out. The Jazz are playing tonight, uh, taking on the Blazers, which might be the most disappointing team in the league. So far, certainly a candidate, right? I think my first take of our first show was that the Trailblazers are not going to make the playoffs. I think that was yes. the very first take yes. I had on this. and I It's looking I, good. Honestly, I just have not been paying that much attention to them because I've been watching the Suns. I've been watching Golden State. So, you know, I watched them last night. been watching whatever I can in the East. And... I'm just not watching the Blazers. And so I wrote a story last night. In fact, I literally just published it a couple of seconds ago uh, at kslsports.com. You can go find it there on my Twitter account at Ben's Hoops. They've lost nine of their last 12. I mean, they're just, they're a disaster, Jake. You, you, we talked about yesterday, you know, it's not hard to be a Jazz fan right now. Not every win may feel easy. There's probably a little bit of murkiness about what their ceiling is because we saw how good they were during the regular season last year and got ousted by the Clippers in the second round. But man, you look at the Blazers right now. It's so hard to be a Portland fan. It's so hard to be a fan of that team where there's no real hope to get better unless they blow it up. And then you're looking at a three or four rebuild, hoping that it gets better, hoping that they can find a piece in a rebuild that will that will turn them around. Because, man, they are they are terribly, terribly bad. Ben, they're a game back of Sacramento. Right. <laughs> like Sacramento's a laughing stock. Portland has a top. 
10 player, top 15 player any any given season in in Damian Lillard. I mean, it's just you should never be you should never be worse in position than your best player is in their ranking in the NBA. I think that's probably not too terribly difficult Seems to build. Fair. Like you have LeBron, you should really probably be the best team in the NBA. And you have Kevin Durant, you should probably be the second best team in the NBA. Like it should be a pretty straight line down of who your best players are. Now, when you combine those guys and you get Rudy Gobert, who's the 8th or ninth best player, and Donovan Mitchell, who's the 10th or 11th best player, or however you want to say it, you can move up to being the 3rd or 4th best. But if you only have kind of one guy, the fact that you still should have $80 million to build around them with role players or pieces that complement them, you should never be significantly worse than the ranking of your best player. And Damian Lillard is no worse than the 10th or 15th best player in the NBA, which means Portland should probably be a playoff team, especially in the West right now, which is awful. The West is so bad right now, and they're, what are they, 11th? 12th? Yeah, but they're part of the stink, though. Correct, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> right, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be. be. No, I, I, I agree with you. Although, Damian Lillard has not played very well. I mean, by his standards, right? Um, so, they, that might be part of it, but the guys around him, they've, they've never managed to put the correct pieces around Damian Lillard, and that's, uh, a, you know... Oftentimes, Ben, we, we like loyalty and things like that. And I, I admit I like that about Damian Lillard, that he's been loyal to the city, to the franchise, to all of that. I, I admire that about him. But I, it's situations like this that shouldn't surprise people when superstars say, listen, I'm going somewhere else. Because Portland, the, the organization has failed him. Now, some of it is yes. they just swung and missed. And I get that. You know, I liked the, the Nurkic trade at the time. I think he's done some nice things for the, for them. Had a couple of really, you know, bad injuries that have, that have gotten in the way. But it hasn't worked. You know, I thought signing Powell last year was a great move. Yep. It didn't do anything. Yep. So, you know, Lillard is not the problem. Clearly they have... Bozo's running the front office. I mean, right. Neil O'Shea got run out, rightfully so. They fired Terry Stotts, who was probably their best person in coaching, management, etc. They got rid of him for Chauncey Billups, who doesn't know what he's doing. They he went just doesn't from know what he's doing. Good coach to bad coach. They went good coach to bad coach, and like obviously good coach to bad coach. Yes, like nobody expected Chauncey to be very good, and everyone knew Terry Stotts was very good. Like they made a bizarrely bad decision there. Damian Lillard. Is our generations, even though Kevin Kevin Garnett was also our generation, he's kind of this era's Kevin Garnett, which is just he's wasting away his prime in mediocrity because it's a a mediocre franchise. Like the Timberwolves were so poorly run while Kevin Garnett was there that they were trying to secretly pay players under the table. Remember that with Joe Smith and they ended up losing a bunch of draft picks? Like While you had Kevin Garnett and should be building around him, they were trying to cheat the system and it ended up costing them draft picks. That is the same level of incompetence you're seeing in Portland right now. And it's going to take Damian Lillard finding his way out, asking for a trade, forcing his way out, whatever it is, to go land on a team like KG did when he went to Boston. And I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if he followed it up with a championship if he gets to the right spot. Because he's that good of a player. Man, Kevin McHale was a bad GM. Real bad. <laughs> yeah, was, real bad. You know, interesting, that Celtics team had three GMs, future GMs, right? They yep. had Bird. Yeah, Danny. Disaster yeah. as a GM. Really good coach. Really good coach. Yeah. Disaster as a general manager. Yep. Twice yep. for the Pacers. Yep. Uh, and then you had Danny Ainge, who's 
been really good. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yep. Not the best player of the three, not even close. No. Best GM for sure. 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah, Danny's a great front office member and, you know, proved it. And, and he would have to be a, he, he, he could be an average front office member and be the best amongst those. Three. Yeah, for sure. No question about it. So I, I think that's where Dame has to get to. I think Portland's going to have to bite that bullet. Uh, but man, and they've also been beat up by injuries. I get that, you know, right? I mean, I've just pulled it up right now. CJ McCollum remains, uh, remains out with a right lung pneumothorax, which means he's got the collapsed lung. Dennis Smith, Yusuf uh, Nurkic, Cody Zeller, Robert Covington, Ben McLemore, Kalen Blevins, Trendon Watford. I don't know who Trendon Watford is. Uh, they're all in safety, uh, health and safety protocols. So no CJ, no Yusuf Nurkic, no Cody Zeller, and no Robert Covington. <laughs> I mean, that team is so decimated. So it's, uh, it's Damien then. It's the da- and even then, he was questionable right before last game for personal reasons and played. But like you said, Damien, he also hasn't been very good this year. I mean, and that's, you know, it's probably a little bit of exhaustion from being on this team that's awful. It's probably a care factor that's dropped a little bit. But he was at 28.8 points a game last year, 30 the year before that. He's dropped to 23.9 points per game. He's shooting 32% from the three-point line and 40% from the floor. I mean, those are career lows from both the floor and the three-point line. He's only going to the free-throw line six times, which is still a decent amount, but that's the fewest he's gone since his third season in the NBA. Like, it's just been... It's been rough. He has just not adapted. There's no one on his team that so to, to really like, you have to pay attention to. So all the defensive attention goes to him. And then Chauncey Billups hasn't put him in a situation to succeed. So I think they got to start over. So that would mean moving on from Damian. Got to move on from be... Dame. Got to trade CJ. See, let's let's do a little bit of a an autopsy on this. Then okay. Ben, I never liked the combination of of Damian and CJ. Same. It's duplication. Correct. And and that never made a whole lot of sense to me. This year, those two between them are, let's see, making about uh, $70 million, right? So a pretty significant part of your salary cap. Norman, uh, Norman uh, Powell is at 15.5. Covington is at 12.9. Nurkic is at 12. Even Larry Nance Jr. is at 10. And that's the bulk of your, yeah. your salaries right there. I mean, take that 31 from CJ... And what what's a better fit, Ben? Uh, a complimentary oh, wing, Miles uh, Turner. Miles Turner. Miles Turner has always been the guy I thought that should they should be their target. If you're not going to go out and try and get Ben Simmons, which is kind of the big name that's always floating around, that is probably available if you want to piece together the right you know players together. I would go look at Miles Turner because we know Indiana also wants to blow it up. So go get a big guy who can protect the rim. He's not Rudy Gobert defensively, but he's good. We we've seen Miles Turner here in Utah. We, he's he's a good player. You know he, he's. Not Jokic, he's not Gobert, and he's not Embiid. But in that next group of guys, yeah. like Jonas Valanciunas, like he's right there in that conversation. So he's you know top ten center he makes in the him NBA. Instantly tougher. Instantly tougher. Gives you some rim protection. Nurkic is fine, but ever since his leg break, you know he just has not come back the same Different guy. Player. And was yeah. never really the defensive player or rim protector that they needed. So that that would be my target if you're trying to salvage this and you're not starting all over. But they might just might as well start over. They might just start over. And let Damien go somewhere where where he has a chance yeah. to win. And you can probably get a haul again. I don't love the idea of rebuilds. I don't love draft picks, especially when your front office is so bad you couldn't build around Damian Lillard. And now we're hoping to replace him with a draft pick. And then you think you're going to build around him that time. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of faith in that. But also, 
Like, you're just reanimating this dead body over and over, and it's just not getting you very far anymore. The Blazers' payroll this year, by the way, Ben, $142.9 million. Bucks. Tax. You're paying the luxury Big tax. Big time. For a team that is... Behind the Kings. Seven games below 500 <laughs> or whatever it is. That is staring up at the Sacramento Kings, Ben. That should be your the wake-up call for any franchise who's not yes. intentionally trying to lose. It's a good point. It's the North Star. That's it. If you wake up and Sacramento's in front of you, you're doing something wrong. Guys, sound the alarm. We yeah. just fell behind the yeah, Kings. It's the Mendoza line, yeah. right? Of baseball. Gotta... The Kings of the Mendoza line. If you're worse than the Kings, it's real bad. You're probably not an NBA team. All hands meeting immediately. Everybody at attention because we just fell by the Kings. Growing up where the shark is chasing you and you're just rolling dice to stay in front of it. The Kings are the shark and you are the piece that you're trying to move ahead with the dice to just constantly stay in front of the shark. And honestly, as as we're talking about Portland, um, the transfer of generation of sports franchises is complicated sometimes. And in this case, it is complicated. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think many were really expecting Paul Allen to go so soon. I mean, felt like he was he was a younger man yep. in, in these kind of discussions. And I don't know how prepared that family was to kind of transfer things and continue to run multiple sports organizations. Yep. But I don't know how smoothly that's really going. No, at all. And, and that's understandable. If you want, if you're a billionaire and you want to buy a team and you enjoy it, and it's you know it's something you've kind of dabbled in and want to love it, you, you can. But it's also totally understandable to say, hey, my kids don't have the same interest in that. It, it's not a small job. No, you know, it's not a small thing to be able to do. And we've talked about it. If you're a billionaire, you're wired a little bit differently. You just generally are. You have a different type of work ethic and desire and, and value system than other people have. You're willing to sacrifice enormous things to gain other enormous things in kind of a, a, a strange balance. And it's not a criticism of these people, but it's got to be a different style of uh, lifestyle. Your kids are just not likely to be like yeah. you are as that billionaire to feel like they have that same ability to balance those things. I always thought uh, – and let me let me say this. The, the transition from Larry to the rest of the family with the Utah Jazz was not entirely smooth. I mean, there were some things that here and there. I mean, Gail had to restructure some things multiple yep. times. Gail herself had to take more active role at times. I mean, it wasn't – you know, this is a real-life situation. But the franchise itself, Ben, really continued to be run at a top-notch level. But that's because of Gail. Oh, I totally that was agree. Because Gail but, didn't just throw it carte blanche onto the kids and say, "You guys figure it out." She recognized, like, "Hey, yes. what are the strengths of this? How are we going to keep kind of a through line from ownership to from from Larry to either the family trust or to the next owner?" And she thought, "I really have to be kind of the guiding light here." And she did it, and she was incredibly good at it. Yep, she was as good at it as Larry H. Miller was. Absolutely, which is again, that's really difficult to do, especially for somebody who right. may have not cared about it or may have not had the interest in it, but had the respect for it that it really required. And look at these other families. I mean, have you read into what a mess the the Denver Broncos are? Horrible, or the Bensons, right in uh, in New Orleans, and uh, the Allen family. You know this this. Great, powerful yep. American family. It's, it's not easy. But like, I don't expect. Does Mark? Who's the guy in uh, who's Shark Tank? Cuban. Mark Cuban. Does he have kids? That guy. Yeah. Does he have kids? I, he probably does. I think so. Do I expect his kids to have his insane approach to life? Like, probably not. I, I I just don't. I don't think it's fair to expect that of your kids. I don't think it's it's you know. And and at the same point, I also understand why you want for your city 
or the state to not sell it to somebody else who might come in and move the team and not have the same respect for it, which, again, was maybe the second best thing that, that Gail Miller ever did beyond carrying it so well after Larry died was to sell it to the right person. To sell it to somebody who she realized, like, hey, this guy really loves the state. This guy wants to be here. Clearly, Ryan Smith is building infrastructure throughout the state of Utah. Like, he wants the jazz to be a part of that. And that was a good decision as well. Because there would have been other bidders. There were other bidders. Well, I'd add to that. I think part of the reason Ryan Smith was so interested in buying the jazz is because he wants the jazz to be the tip of the spear. Right. Which Correct. makes a ton of sense. Correct. I mean, outside of, uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints... The Jazz have got to be the biggest brand, right? Correct. The most well-known thing uh, about this community. Sure. So that that makes a ton of sense. I, I think you're you're right on the money. For, for the Blazers, I just hope Damian Lillard gets what he wants. Out of all of this, if he wants to go somewhere else for a better chance to win, I hope he gets that. If he wants to stick it out in Portland, I hope the, the franchise figures out a way to, to put a team around him. Because I do. I, li- I like that he's been loyal, and he, you know he is one of the best players in the league. And he's, in my opinion, been a, a great member of our community. And I say us. You know, we're talking about Ogden for the most part, I think. But, I mean, what, what, uh, you hear all the stories, Ben, about what he does when he comes back here on road trips. Yep. Oh, every couple of years, every two years. Every other year he goes to Weber State and does the Alumni Classic and plays. Right. Like he'll play for 40 minutes of this game. He doesn't go up and sign the autograph or have a bunch of pre-printed autographs that he hands out to the kids and say like, well, no, he's raised a, a little bit of money for Weber State. I'm no, out of here. Great. No, he like he cares. He wants to be a part of it. We exactly. talk to Randy Ray every week and they still have a relationship. Randy Ray said this is the first year he missed Dame playing here because one of his kids had an emergency. He had to go, you know, attend to yep. it, which is a coach's job, but yeah, they're they're close. He's a he's a staple in this community. So like I'm said. rooting for him. I'm with you. And you know what's ironic is maybe the best place for him to go is the same thing KG did. Like, maybe he needs to go to Boston. He could go play alongside Jason Tatum if they send, you know, a Jalen Brown right. and maybe a young piece back. Speaking of duplication. And they could probably, you know, have some success. They could maybe even win a championship in the Eastern, uh, you know, coming out of the East. So, Well, we'll see what kind of executive Brad Stevens is. Speaking of maybe good coach, bad executive. Keeping my eye on uh, that Marcus Smart and his availability. Tell you, I loved. I saw some comments uh, from him about defense the other day. Retweeted that yep. I thought was pretty cool. All right, uh, let's see. We want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. The Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. If you're tired of glasses or contacts, get LASIK now. Save fourteen hundred bucks. Limited spots available. So get on it. Check them out. DavisVisionMD.com or call eight zero one two five three thirty eighty. That is Davis Vision. Jeremiah Jensen, the top of the eleven o'clock hour. Top three stories at KSLSports.com at eleven thirty. Jake and Ben, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. and twelve eighty the zone. Jake, what was your family's relationship with food growing up? Was it like a was it a big thing? Did you have like good restaurants you guys went to a lot? Was that kind of not something you valued? Uh, we had what we liked, and we stuck to it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yes. Like shout out to the Rio Grande Cafe. Yes, that was our go to oh, Mexican food. Oh, restaurant. Rio Grande over here on the, yeah, right over well, here. Well, now it's I don't even know if it's temporary or not. But the earthquake made that building yes. over there yeah. not so safe. The old, so they're yeah. up by the U on thirteen hundred East or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, but that building, yes, it has a place in my heart because that's where we 
went out to eat when we ate Mexican. That food. was one of our you places know, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Like we had our four or five or six that we loved, and that's where we went. Yes. You know, like Shivers on Thirty Third. That was yep. our post okay. Little League baseball okay. go to. Yeah. Shivers. Is if I got great. a couple of hits. It was like, hey, guess what? Guess what? We're going Sports. to Shivers. We're taking you to Shivers. <laughs> so that's that's where it was uh, at. Yeah, yeah. We were talking well, old money and new money during the break. Uh, based on our generational uh, conversation. Yes, uh, and just kind of how different people eat. And, yeah. you know, to how my family, we, we were kind of the same thing. We'd go to Rio Grande, like couple times a year we'd go to Market Street. And that was like kind of the spendiest the that my parents would do. And even then, we weren't yeah. getting crabs and steaks. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, my mom was like, I like the clam chowder. Uh-huh. So it was like, it was like a kind of a nicer place to go. It was sure. kind of fun, but it wasn't, you know, huge spendy. But it also was a little bit of a different flavor than just going to whatever the closest restaurant was to us. We did, uh, uh, we did brunch, you know, that was kind of our family thing. But I'll tell you this, both my grandmothers on both sides uh-huh. were uh, insane cooks, chefs, okay. whatever, yep. are insane because my, my grandmother on the Scott side is actually in town visiting and she is amazing. She's She ruined crab cakes for me uh, anywhere else. Oh, because hers were so good. So good oh, that okay. I, I even, you know, speaking of Market Street and their, yeah. their crab cakes are fine. I'm not trying to, you know, but you, even down. you had a nice restaurant like that you get a crab cake and it's like, yeah, yeah, yep. it's all right. Uh, but she, of course, uh, spent the vast majority of her, her life on the Chesapeake Bay. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, that's you yeah. know that's it was that's in the backyard. What they, yeah, yep. the, that's what they do. So a lot of our family meals, Ben, were you know you've got uh, you've got a chef like that at your disposal, then you'd be foolish. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, why go out? Why go anywhere else? So Other than uh, give grandma a break. Anyway, what a what a random thing. But do you you mentioned I didn't even know this that uh, our uh, senator Mitt Romney his favorite food is hot dogs, which is funny because there's like kind of the famous photo of him with Donald Trump. Remember they went out to dinner before. Right. I don't know if it was after he'd gotten elected or before, whatever. It, it was. was after. When and they were eating frog legs. So it's not like he doesn't eat fancy food. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like he doesn't live like a millionaire. But he likes hot dogs. But he has said, he said very famously, I think, I don't know if it was on the campaign trail or whatever, just kind of, because he is a, probably a little bit more of an everyman than his you know, kind of sheen would, would imply. And he said his favorite meat is, he said his favorite meat is hot dog. Okay. Which, hot dog is not a meat. It's a no. type of food. But, you know, he's just he, we're just talking about, yeah, how people eat and kind of the funny different things of, of, of what people like to do. Anyways. In fact, hot dogs can be made out of multiple meats. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm not above a hot dog. I love a good hot dog. Oh, man, I love a good hot dog. Okay, Ben. <laughs> Going from hot dogs to something a little bit more serious, uh, John Madden no, passed away. No, it's not more serious. John Madden is the hot dogs of humanity, right? Everyone loves John Madden. Everyone loves hot Everyone dogs. Everyone loves Everyone loves John. John Madden. Yep. Everyone yep. has a different relationship with him. Which is amazing. Which is uh, really my take on John Madden, Ben. He was accidentally... And I'll explain that in a second. But accidentally, one of the world's most influential people of a generation. Multiple generations. I think if you were to make a cliche radio Mount Rushmore of sports figures in the history of the world. From an influence standpoint. John Madden might be the number one pick. He might be on there. Oh, he would be on there. You're thinking number one pick. I'm trying to think of people. I mean, MJ. Right. Yep. Because of what he did for, like, kind of the fashion, for Nike. Well, what he did for players by saying, like, you yourself are an enti- a yes. money-making entity. Yes. It's not about your salary with the team. It's also about promotion and sponsorships and a, a whole new way to maximize your career. So, yes, Michael Jordan, for sure. MJ's on there. 
and you know you could probably expand this into European soccer and there's a few names you could throw out there right, for sure right. but man it's I mean the NFL is not the NFL without John Madden no nope. in any way shape or form well, I mean, start off, he, he was a great coach, Super Bowl winning coach, Correct. but at a time where it wasn't necessarily a guarantee that the NFL was going to make it. It wasn't the most glamorous sport. No. I mean, it wasn't the sport in, in, this, in the country. Well, you mentioned uh, Donald Trump. Wasn't he a big part of the reason the USFL started yeah. up in the early 80s? Yeah. Because the NFL wasn't this Correct. Monster. It wasn't impenetrable. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't one of those things. So, you know, he was a great coach and a figure at a time when the NFL really needed it. And then to go in to broadcasting and influence the game in a completely different manner and honestly be the best broadcaster. Yeah, the best color analyst in football history. In sports, yeah. maybe, history. And to funny, do it for a long time, funny, smart, you know, the irreverent. Working with a number of of former players in an analyst role, you know, throughout my career, I've I've talked to a number of them about like translating whatever the sport is into something that's consumable by your average guy like me yep. is a skill. Really good. Because yeah, sports really are good complex. And when you play or coach or whatever, you can speak an entirely different language that leaves me glassy-eyed thinking like, oh, okay. Yeah. But the best can translate what they know and see into something consumable. And I don't know if there's anybody that's been better at that than John Matt. And we've tried to replicate him for a long time. I mean, remember when Monday Night Football went out got Dennis Miller yeah. because John Madden was so funny on top of being so good at explaining what was going on in the game he was so funny at recognizing moments the humanity of it the people he loved the people of it and that was fun that was a fun part to watch he was a thought, tune in correct he, oh, was yes. a region, he was a reason to watch. Right. And, and you know, maybe the closest to that right now is Tony Romo. And still, Tony Romo is nowhere close to what John Madden right. could do. So the, the closest to John Madden, as far as tune in factor, is Charles Barkley. Correct. As far as, yes, broadcasting as as, right now, like in the, in the realm. You don't care who's playing right. on Thursday night TNT. You're tuning in to see what Charles has to say. I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably right. John Madden was that for. 30 years? 25 years? Yeah. It was certainly the the sound of football to me growing up. Not just the voice, but what that's what it sounded like in the background. Because we didn't have access to 10 games like we do now growing up. There was a couple of games. Maybe you had Monday Night Football. But like when you could hear John Madden, it sounded like Sunday. It sounded like football. And to the video game part, and here's what I meant by accidentally. He was an incredible football coach that helped build the sport. Build the foundation. After that, somebody came to him and said, "Hey, you're kind of a character. Yeah, uh, we'd like to give you some dough. You want to? We're trying to put this thing on right. TV. Well, what what do you say about coming on and uh, talking out your keister for a couple hours?" And he said, "Well, oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I like the Why game. Why not?" And then all of a sudden becomes a, a legend in a whole new realm. And then with the video game. He's he's probably sitting at his kitchen table and his phone rings and it's it's a fledge fledgling fledgling video game company called EA Sports right. that's just trying to make it and right. they say hey John if we give you some dough will you put your name on our game I don't think it was a part of the documentary but maybe it was because I didn't actually see the Christmas Day documentary that came out about him which now I obviously have to watch and I'm sure they will re-air right because he is he passed away yesterday but. It was. It was this company that said, hey, we've written that kind of this, like, it's, it was better than the rest of the football games that had been written for computers before and designed. And they th- but we needed something. They needed something for it. And they said, yeah, we'll just go to John Madden. And he was like, I'll take your money. Yeah. <laughs> I love the money. And I'll, you, I'll 
Voice track? Yeah. What yeah. A voice you draw track? Me, draw me into it? It would be like, in that original, those original Maddens. Uh, I don't know if I ever had the original. I might have. I mean, you know, yeah. like every kid Correct. my age, we, we had them. He, he maybe had four or five lines in the whole game. Right. I mean, he probably, it took him probably three minutes to record the whole voice track for those original games. And I'm sure he got points in it. And putting his name on it was the, the vehicle to get that that game to the masses. But and he also brought an authority to it. I mean, he brought a, a, a seriousness to it. Like, it, it was yes. real if Madden was a part of it because Madden was a part of it the was, NFL. It was legit. It felt like there were there was Tech Mobile. Like, there were super, te- like, good games. Yes. Like, some fun games, games that are very memorable. But Madden felt, because it had his name on it, it gave it an authority that the other games never had. And it's taught generations football. Oh, I can't tell you the impact it's had on me. Yeah. It's been more impactful for me learning the game. How do you know what the cover two is, Ben? Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Blitz schemes. All these yep. different things I learned from watching Madden or Ta- playing Madden. Taught the no, game. No doubt about to it. To now multiple generations. And he he just was open to the idea of putting some cash in his pocket and changes the world. And it's Accidentally just, changes the world. It's not just a game people play in the States either, which is one of the problems the NFL has is that it has not totally caught on around Nobody the world cares. the way the yeah. NBA has. But the game is big all over the world. The game sells everywhere. So it is getting the NFL in different homes where it's not being watched, but it's being played on the video game. So, I mean, that impact, I have a very truly millennial relationship with John Madden, which is mostly through video games. And then up until I was 12 or 13, he was the voice of Sundays. But like I was not who he was as a coach, his history with the Raiders. Like it was a little bit of boom, tough acting to acting. Like I remember that, but it's not like this, oh, I get who he was as an NFL person. No, it's definitely the after, the entertainment side of it. And and like you said, yeah, he's Charles Barkley and and he was great at it. See, he's not a coach to me. And I was, uh, I owned multiple Madden versions. You know, it was on my Christmas list pretty much every year. Like, Like definitely familiar with the video game, although I'm not a video game person anymore but at that point in my life but see he's a broadcaster to me yep. first because during my my most impressionable sports period Ben he was the voice he was the voice he was he and Pat Summerall yep. were the and I, mean, what could, and I was two, right? I was the type of kid, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 all the way through my teenage years really where if you wanted to find me on Sunday I was watching the NFL that's yep. what I did I was uh, that that was my Reward for the week, Ben. Was, I was <laughs> good, even at a young age. myself at 10. Going to be watching the NFL. That was John Madden. Yep. So, it, it, it's as important a person. I mean, honestly, the, you want to do the butterfly effect. I mean, there's a decent chance you and I aren't sitting here without John Madden. Just oh, because, sure. Sure. you know, he just makes everything matter. He made football matter. And because football matter, college football matters. Because college football matter, there's radio stations here in Salt Lake City. And because there's radio stations, you and I get to have a job. I mean, the trickle down of the importance of guys like that is is immeasurable. It's so, pretty crazy. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, yeah, you hope he had a, I mean, he had an incredible life, you know. And, I, and it seems like everyone's celebrating that. And I think that's a good thing. Now, my question is, do you think he was unbelievably familiar with the nation's highway system or was he the type of guy that was napping in that bus when they were driving from from city to city famously most people know this but if you don't he hated flying he was afraid of flying so he took a bus everywhere so the nice thing of not having to of playing once a week is you can actually get anywhere in the country you want you're in boston no he's a coach he's a coach he probably was telling the bus driver which route to take hey by year seven yeah no (laughs) Take the I-5! <laughs> right. You think this is the first time I've done this? Yeah. 
Yes. Come and on. He, he probably had scenic routes. Because well, he was also the guy who would enjoy, like, yeah. no, we're going to drive through the national park on the way to get there. He, he was a full human. Well, and he... The majority of his career was certainly spent without GPS, right? Oh, 100%. Ben, I don't know. This, oh, he had a map. This might be I a gap. I think John had his own map. <laughs> this might be a gap between you and me, but I remember in my 20s taking road trips with friends where we still were pulling out the- Oh, 100%. The, you know, and arguing in the car about which way was the was the best to go. You're but, right. Yeah. You're five years older than I am. So I was printing things off the internet. I was printing maps off the internet. Right. I didn't have the big fold-out atlas, yep. but I was printing the map off and still had to follow it with my finger and put certain check marks down. I went through, uh, we went on a road trip, and point is we were going from Madison to Chicago, and I won the argument because I was sitting shotgun on which route to take into Chicago. I was wrong, Ben. <laughs> I think I added like an hour and a half oh, onto no. our drive. Like, no, Oof. this isn't it. Went through a couple of neighborhoods we probably shouldn't have gone through, and it's like, why didn't we just stay on the interstate? It's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I got this. I swear. I missed a turn off for Denver one time. Which is hard to do, and we ended up driving an hour past and an hour back, oh. and my friend slept the whole time, so he just didn't know. <laughs> didn't know. Didn't know. That's nice. That worked out well. Uh, anyway, John Madden. Uh, yeah, certainly an impactful, yeah, incredible life. Absolutely, worth celebrating. All right, stay tuned. We will have more Jake and Ben coming up next. Don't forget Jeremiah Jensen at the top of the eleven o'clock hour. KSL uh, top three stories at kslsports.com dot com at eleven thirty. Is Jake and Ben ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is Wednesday. That means it's a win ticket Wednesday. Let's do this right now. Caller number 12-855-340-ZONE. You're going to get a pair of tickets to go see comedian Whitney Cummings, the reigning queen of American stand-up comedy at Kingsbury Hall on January 8th uh, for her Touch Me Tour. Great seats are still available. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Brought to you by LiveNation.com. I worked at Kingsbury Hall for a little while, Jake, in the ticket booth. One of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Really? Ticket booth at a like a theater, like a like yeah, a yeah. like it's Eccles cool. or Kingsbury. It's really cool. So it's fun. Yeah, and the people come in. Like that is the funny part. Like Whitney Cummings would be walking around. You know, I remember yeah. like a bunch of the people that are just like, I'm here in town, but I'm not here for. I'm not going to go do anything. Like I've got to be here tonight. So they'll just kind of walk around the campus or something like that, and you'd, you'd get to see him run around. It was kind of fun. So I've seen many things at Kingsbury Hall. I've also seen many things at Capitol Theater. Yeah. And here's my take on old theaters. What size were the people Correct. when that theater was built? Now, Correct. hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk trash on Kingsbury. Go to the show for sure. But the seats are so much more narrow. And I'm not, I'm not a wide person to begin I with. I went to Nutcracker two Sundays ago. And yeah. I'm six feet tall. Like, I feel like I'm a very normal-sized person. Right. You're sitting on top of the person in front of you. You are. My knees are over the lady in front of me every single time. And maybe that has something to do with, like, you want as many seats in there because tickets are really where you're making all your yeah. dough. And, like, you you want to get as many people into that building as possible. And I guess I understand that. But it's like, every, I think about that every time I go to one of those theaters. Like, yes. And, and by the way, it does not stop me from going. No, and they're fun. That's actually kind of part of the charm. Right. The but, architecture and all that but stuff. But you were talking yeah. about how you took the, took the kids to a movie the other day and how radically movies have changed, where now every seat is like a first-class airliner. 
you oh, know, you, you can recline a, and it yeah. heats and it has cup holders and two cup holders. You can put your candy on one side and it's it, it's way better. It's, it's more about so the experience. more enjoyable. Yeah, now. exactly. So anyway, though, um, Whitney Cummings, go see her. Are you you're a comedian fan, Ben? Do you like her work? I do. I like comedians. I, she's fine. I think she's, you know. She she would be fun to see live. I bet she has a real energy live that I bet's really enjoyable. I used to watch those roasts on Comedy Central uh-huh. uh, pretty religiously back when I watched television uh, other than sports, and uh, she was on a couple of those. I don't I don't remember anything other than she was fairly raunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably a good thing if you're calling in. Don't take good your thing kids. To know. Yeah. You're probably not taking your kids to the Touch Me tour. No. <laughs> but no, you want to go on a date. Taking a friend out? Whatever you want to do. Should be fun. I saw Bill Cosby once at oh, uh, Kingsbury Hall mm-hmm. long before his uh, personal life was, was revealed as what yeah. it is. How was Bill? You know, I hate to say it. Excellent. It was his hilarious. Was, I mean, it was he's a amazing. legendary stand-up comedian. Yeah. Saw the Scalar brothers out there at, uh, at uh, the Wise Guys. Brothers. Man, You're they were- about filling in for Jim Rome. Oh, it was brilliant. They're my favorite- Rome fill in so next I, to DJ and PK. I have not seen uh, I've not seen many comedians in person, but the Scolaris were pretty. I'm going to John Mulaney here in this building in a couple of months. Would be very exciting. I'm excited for that. I'm glad Gaffigan came and yep. and put on a show because yep. now I don't have to hear those ads anymore. <laughs> He's come and gone. Listen. I think I've I think I've said this on this show before, but listen, we we listen to a lot of commercials when uh-huh. we're doing the jazz broadcast. Yep. We just do, so we we hear a lot of them over and over again. Yeah. And I'm I've never seen Jim Gaffigan's work, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's brilliant. But when you hear the same four jokes, yeah. over and over and over again every single night, it was. It's also tough because he's not like punchline guy. So like he's kind of storyteller guy. So he kind of weaves in and out of yeah. things for long stretches. Yes, and they're trying to turn that into a fifteen second clip or a five second clip to put into a fifteen second spot. It doesn't translate, and it gets old. And it's not like Jim Gaffigan is Bowler, right? That has the the smooth Correct. pipes. You Correct. know, they're what you yeah, right. <laughs> like Bowler could read the read the Foden book to me, and I'd probably enjoy it. You know what I mean? That's not him. So, do you have jokes? Like, a lot of people, Megan, I'm curious about you as well, and I'm not asking you to tell them, we can tell them off the air. <laughs> do you, like, have, like, a couple of go-to jokes that you like to rely on? Like, this is, if I if someone asked me to tell a joke, this is the one I would go to? Because I, I feel like for a long time, that was the thing. Like, people like people had jokes. It was like, you're a salesman, so you need to have a couple of jokes that you can tell to break the ice places. I don't feel like we have to have that anymore. But as I'm reaching my mid-30s, I have a joke or two that I like to tell. See, I don't. Well, the the jokes I actually remember would easily get me canceled if Correct. I told them even in private. Correct. So, yeah. like, they've been retired, yeah. obviously. I have no jokes. I just quote movie liners. Yeah. Yeah, which is what, what, what we've done. You know, we've gotten to that point where that is where the jokes come from now. You want to you try one out, Ben? I don't. No? No, we're you not going to be on this We've got an audience long. for now? <laughs> try it out. We'll give a little review. We'll have people weigh in. I don't want the review with my bosses is the problem. That's the oh, review I okay. want. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those. We don't want to get you canceled publicly. Yeah. I just don't want to lose my job. Well, we. I, I'd like you to keep your job too, Ben, so maybe we shouldn't tell the joke. All right. But yeah, no. I, I don't know if I've ever been icebreaker joke guy. And a lot of guys, a lot of women have just jokes. They just have a lot of people know a lot of jokes. I don't know a lot of jokes, but. See, I rely heavily on the. The, the sports for my icebreaker. Yes. That's, it, it's one of the best things about sports. Listen, as, as the husband to an attorney, yeah. 
I go is she to a sports fan. Uh, yes and no. Not like really passionate about it, but she'll sit down and, yeah. and watch it. She she has a fantasy football team. She oh, kind really? Of, she kind of manages. That's good. You know, like she doesn't dislike sports, but it's kind of nice that she doesn't want to talk about it all the time. But but here's the thing: I go to a lot of functions. I'm the arm candy Ben. Yeah, and and trophy it's, husband. It's fine. I'm. I, I'm friendly. Like I like talking to people, but you end up talking to a lot of people that you you probably will never see again. Yep. And man, sports is nice. Great. Oh, yeah. I could I find killed. out what you do. Oh, dude. Throw out a couple of stories. And it's great. You you can kill hours talking to people that you probably have nothing in common with, other than the fact that you like sports. Correct. It's brilliant. Though. It is. No, it's why it's why they are what they are. It's, why it's they really exist. true. Yep. It's like okay, I'll I'll kill some time here. And then I don't have to listen to like the legalese that's going on with the other conversation that I have no idea. Ben, you're a lot smarter than me, so you probably don't get involved in a lot of conversations that are above your head, but it happens to me a lot. Oh, I'm smart enough to dip out of conversations. Well, see, that's my thing. It's nice to to, to pull somebody else aside and say, hey, hey, how about the Mets? (laughs) Sports fan? (laughs) Sports fan? Sports fan? (laughs) Okay. Sports fan? (laughs) Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go over to the table. We'll talk. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear about the latest from the fourth district or whatever court. You know, the latest decision. No, I'll just talk about the three-two zone that Syracuse is <laughs> playing. You see what Scherzer's doing? <laughs> How about those Mets? <laughs> oh, and and here's the thing: is is being in sports that I know just enough about pretty much Everything. any team. Yeah. That I can have at least a somewhat educated conversation about whatever. At the yeah, very like, least, you have something like, to "Hey, you like sports? What team do you like?" Oh, okay, I could I could dive into some some Minnesota Golden Gophers <laughs> yeah. basketball. How about that, Chris yeah. Humphreys? Huh? Yeah, huh? Right. That guy was a baller. I mean, they're really more of a hockey school, if you <laughs> ask me. <laughs> uh, that's so true. Yep. Man, you're a Vikings fan. I don't know why I'm picking on Minnesota. Uh, Gary Anderson yeah. missed some kicks. Yeah, heartbreaker. But they got the stadium. They hey, got the new they stadium. They got it done. That old place was a dump. <laughs> it's amazing. We really know how to use our 90 years on this on this planet well. Yeah, we do. I can I can kill off really some conversations. Really getting the most out of <laughs> Oh, man. Stay tuned. Uh, we will have more Jacob Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.